0: Alright, hello and welcome back for episode 36 of the PATH podcast. I am Jason. Hey there, I'm Derek. And we are so glad that you decided to join us on the PATH. Today we're going to discuss... Um, the second half of Galatians chapter 4, uh, kind of look at a handle to hold on to, and it's a, it's a big one. It's an important one today um, for us to remember. Uh, but then afterwards, we have an interview with one of our church members that uh, we want to share with you that I think would just be really cool to to get some different perspectives other than just us two uh, mm-hmm. all the time. But uh, we have a—stay tuned for that. It's going to be really good. I think you'll like it. Um, but Derek, walk us through—try t- to help us understand what is a handle to hold on to for from Galatians chapter 4 this week. Sure. So <clears throat> uh,
1: the handle to hold on to from the last episode was uh, you can't do anything, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Basically, um, and so today there's there's similarity there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important for us to understand um, kind of how we come to this thing, right? right. Our Christian life, um, um, you know, we kind of talked about the last episode, you know. Hey, what do I do? And it's like you can't do anything, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, it's kind of hard to understand. It kind there of ha, there has to be an action step. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of hard to give you that exact handle, but that is kind of the handle. Is like uh, depend on God, you mm-hmm. know. Depend on Him. It's what Paul's reiterating again and again to these uh, to the Galatians. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I see. Kind of underlying, we talked about uh, in the message. The imagery of family, belonging. Um, you know, I think that's something at the core of every person. You yeah. know, they they have that need of, of feeling there. Yeah, we all want to be a part of something, right? Yeah. But underneath that, there's there's other imagery. Paul, it's like Paul's trying to reiterate again and again <clears throat> what we what we bring to the table, which is nothing right Mm -hmm. so he says in verse 8 but in the past since you didn't know god you were enslaved to things that by nature are not god so he's like it's like he's saying hey listen uh before you came to know god or before he knew you because that's what he says in the next um, couple of verses you were enslaved and it's not like you know somebody is enslaved but once the evidence comes out, they're acquitted, right? Yeah. Because they had good behavior, right? No, it's like they're there because they were worshiping other gods. They were yeah. there because they were rightfully enslaved, mm-hmm. and we have to remember that about ourselves: is that we were rightfully enslaved to the world. Yeah. But God brought us to the table, right? Yeah. So he he freed us from that and i think that's more freeing mm-hmm. than the idea that i'd somehow earned my freedom or yeah. played a part in my freedom no i was fully enslaved and i needed to be yeah and god freed me so yeah.
0: and and you had no way to free yourself no i couldn't free yeah. myself no, no way that's, to free yeah yourself.
1: exactly yeah yeah, to, yeah to, to fully reiterate that idea is that yeah. i was writing in a prison yeah uh, and, that's what he's saying. To be there. and I deserve to be there, yeah. just like what he's saying to the Galatians. And God in his kindness said, mm-hmm. I want to free you. Yeah. And it had nothing to do. Yeah.
0: And it's not like you wrote a letter me. and said, Hey, listen, this is who yeah. I am. And God went, Oh, yeah. Well, he deserves to be free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you see that. You see Paul
1: uh speak about the 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 slave woman and the, the child of the slave woman that's the child of the free woman. Yeah, And um, so it's like God is saying, um, you're, you're a 90-year-old woman, Sarah, mm-hmm. and a 100-year-old man
0: mm-hmm. that
1: have never been able to have children and certainly can't now. Right. But God gave them fertility yeah. in their old age. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's something they couldn't do. They tried, <laughs> yeah, for hundred years, couldn't do it. Yeah, and God said, "Now you're fertile." So it's that same imagery of we could do nothing, God yeah. did it. Yeah, um, we talked about yesterday the 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 imagery of adoption, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like you know, uh, it's not even like some kid was on a website and you're like, "Hey, I'd like to adopt them." It's like <laughs> right. they're stuck, you know, in poverty in. Squalor and and difficulty, no no parentage, no hope, an orphan, an orphan, a true orphan, and God brought them into the family, Mm -hmm. and not and then, so all that that's the imagery. You could do nothing, God did, but then you were unworthy, you were enslaved, you were a ninety year old woman, hundred year old man, you were infertile, and then God. Breathe freedom into you, Breathe life into you, brought you to the table mm-hmm. and gave you a seat of honor. Mm-hmm. Because he says, you mm-hmm. are co-heirs because you're children of promise. You are co-heirs with Christ. Yeah. And even as I was just preaching, I mean, studying too, but just preaching, it just hit me like, I have no right mm. to be on an equal playing field with Christ. Yeah. But God has placed me there. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm just like, you know, the 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 servant boy at the end of the table and says, you know, please sir, may I have some scraps, you know, <laughs> right. or or whatever. Yeah. I am in a chair of honor. I wear the robe of Christ. Mm-hmm. I I am um um Christ has made me worthy to sit there. God has yeah. made me um Free, fully free, and fully, um, and that 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 should. So, what do we do with that? Right. What's the handle? What do we do with that? Um, I don't know about anything else, but just to be
0: grateful, you Mm -hmm. know, like, um, and to not forget it. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe that maybe that's Paul's point here. Yeah, Um, because i I can understand how somebody might would hear what we're coming back to every week and going seems kind of redundant, but we need that redundancy. Mm-hmm. We are not so advanced that we have not moved past what the Galatians were dealing no, with. no. We deal with the same thing day in and day out, that as followers of Christ, we have been brought to the table that we have no, no place being at. And God sits us in this seat of honor. And yet we go, you know, I think I want to go sit back in the squalor. And we do that. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, you hear that and it sounds silly, but but we do that over and over again, just mm-hmm. by the way that we live, by our actions, by our thoughts. And that's I think that's maybe Paul's point, and it's the point for us that don't, like you just said, don't forget who you are. Mm-hmm. It's not just that um, like we were talking before we started recording that that it's not just that <clears throat> this is who God says we are. It's not just that he's like, okay, I place this title on you. I mean, you're still scruffy old, whatever, but mm-hmm. th- I'm placing this title on you. no. This is who we are now. This is our identity. This is, it's not a matter of, you know, this is what God says we are, but we're still that. No, we are this now. We are co-heirs with Christ. Mm -hmm, We are mm -hmm. sons and daughters of the King. And we now, because of Christ, not because of us, but because of Christ, we do deserve to sit at that table Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of what Jesus did. Um, And I think that that's, that is something that we can never, ever overstate. It, It can't be overstated that that we have been completely and radically changed in our very identity because mm-hmm. of what Jesus did.
1: Yeah, and then we that should floor us every day. Absolutely. We should wake up. Yeah, absolutely. And breathe the freedom <clears throat> in, not arrogantly, but just to say, God, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank oh, you are so good, God. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. then, then, and maybe it's not even right away, but eventually, we have to breathe it in so much that we just can't get over it. Mm-hmm. And so that we can't get over it to the extent that we're like, hey, listen, let me tell you my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To whoever we come in contact with, I was enslaved to yeah. sin. I had no way to break the chains, but Christ Broke them for me. In yeah. fact, he took them on himself mm-hmm. so that he could inherit my sins mm. and I could inherit his blessings. Yeah. Don't you want that too?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And
1: um, man, that's how the church grew mm-hmm. in the early, you know, that's how the Galatians had even come to that. Right. Because um, the gospel, like a giant wave, just yeah. went across the entire world and paul was at the heart of it all yeah and
0: paul's reminding them look you were you were gentiles you're far from god and he brought you close yeah so. absolutely yeah what what you just said remind me of a, um, there's a Matt Redmond song where he says um, we're breathing in your grace and we're breathing out your praise mm-hmm. um, and that should that should characterize who we are that we breathe in god's grace the grace that he brought us to the table mm-hmm. and we breathe out his praise that he is so good and mighty yeah. so Man, great handle to hold on to yeah. this week. Thank you for that. All right, so we have uh, a really cool opportunity to uh, share with you an interview uh, that we did with a member of our church. Uh, we're going to uh, share with you an interview with Anita Gilreith, um, and I- I'm really looking forward to-, to sharing with you what she had to say uh, about a couple of questions that we asked her, so stay tuned for that.
1: Hi, Anita. Can you tell us what brought you here to our church? How you when did you come and how
2: did you come okay yes my name is anita Gilreath, and let me begin by saying that uh i was raised uh in a christian family uh i grew up in church uh, at a local church in our community and it was always played an important role uh in my life and i was saved at eight years old and was baptized there and uh after neil and i got married, we got married there and after we married, he moved his membership there, and so we were very active uh, in that church uh, for many years, uh, just with exception of the time that he was in the mil- part of the time that he was in the military. Uh, our children uh, were uh, dedicated uh, in that church, and as the years went on, we were searching for something different something more uh, in our spiritual life and we especially wanted that for our children so we felt like that we wanted to go to a larger church that had uh, more had a better had a larger children and youth department so when our children were in the third and uh, I think was uh, third and fourth grades uh, we decided it was the time it was time to begin our search and we visited uh, another local church uh, a couple of times. And and then I was working at the Bank of Lafayette, and Bob Gilbert, who is the father of Dave and Wade and Ellen, uh, asked me to come into his office one day. And so he said, I understand that you and your family are searching for a church home, and it is not my policy to recruit members from other churches. But if you're interested, we would love for you to come visit uh, at First Baptist Lafayette, so that's what we did. We came, we investigated, we liked what we found here, and so after much prayer and and uh, talking, discussing it with our family, we joined this church, and we've been here almost 40 years. It was a good move uh, for our children. They were involved in Sunday school and uh, RAs and act teams and GAs and uh, uh, choirs and all the uh, activities uh, for children and youth, and it was uh, also an especially good move for Neil and myself. Uh, I have got involved with teaching. I t- taught on a t- uh, team uh, in five-year-olds for many years. Uh, I also served as uh, as a leader in GAs and ACT-teens, and, and did various other things uh, uh, over the years. Uh, Neil was very busy at that at that particular time, getting his uh college degrees, and so he wasn't all that active, but he later as as he had more time uh he became more active in the church and has served as a deacon in various committees and can be seen around working on the campus, volunteering, especially outside, which is one of his loves. And so I would say that the decision to move to Lafayette First has been a life enhancing experience for us and the one that we have fully embraced.
1: Great, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Tell us like one of your favorite memories. What, uh, over those many years, what's something that you just look back and think, man, this was an awesome time in our church, or whatever you know, whatever you'd
2: like to share. Well, that's that's really hard. So I've chosen two.
0: Okay.
2: One uh, occurred uh, in the late 1990s and into the 2000s when we were beginning our first major uh, remodeling project, and the church selected a committee uh, to serve uh, to to uh, serve on this uh, to for this project. So I was one of the ones that was selected i felt very inadequate uh serving on such a committee because i had no building experience except for when we built our home and no experience with commercial building and i kept wondering why am i on this committee uh, but i soon found out that when the lord selects the committee he knows what he's doing and he puts Uh, members uh, on that committee who are willing to serve. And so, uh, fortunately, uh, I was surrounded with uh, people who had a lot of experience uh, in building and in remodeling, and uh, I found my niche. They needed someone uh, to keep records, to write checks, and that was just what I love to do so uh, I found my place on that committee and it was a very uh, interesting time Uh, you find out a lot about people you find out uh, I learned a lot about uh, maintaining a physical building keeping it uh, in uh, service for your your members your current members and also thinking about the future what the future holds for our church and so that was a very uh, important time in the life of our church, and uh, that that committee, it, it turned into about three phases, and and, uh, and it's still really ongoing, but I, I stayed on that committee for, I think, through about three phases, and <clears throat> finally... Uh, decided it was time for me to move on but there were it was a really good experience for me and uh, many of those faithful servants are still on this committee but i've moved on to other responsibilities another one of my favorite members memories is of the many musical programs that uh, our church uh, provided for not only for our church family but for our community and uh they the two that really stand out in my mind are the Fourth of July. We had so many patriotic uh, uh musicals uh, they even moved them to the parking lot and uh, I just love our country and our and the uh patriotic music and While I don't have a musical bone in my body, uh I love uh, listening uh, to the uh, talents of our church family and the christmas presentations uh were so meaningful and so worshipful and held a special place in my heart uh and it was just not christmas uh without that program uh, but i remember in 2015 i'd had uh rotator cuff surgery in columbus and i was recovering at my daughter's house in macon and so it was not long after my surgery that it was time for the Christmas presentation, and I just could not imagine uh, missing that that presentation. So I convinced Neil to drive me home, <laughs> to drive us home for that for that weekend. And uh, although it was a very painful uh, <laughs> uh, trip. Uh, and took a little while to recover from that that was one of my outstanding memories because it just really uh, made Christmas for me Mm -hmm. and so uh, it was uh, I I just remember those beautiful uh, presentations by uh, by our choir
1: that's great I pray that uh, with COVID diminishing we'll be able to do that uh, Uh Christmas program again um we, I'd love for you to share with us just your dream for the future of our church. What, what's a dream that you have? Like
2: that? Well, yes, I do have a dream. Uh, I dream. Uh, my dream is that it will be even better uh, than it was uh, uh, as the pandem- pandemic hit our country. It seems that as a church, we were really getting into, into our stride uh, with uh, a new staff and, and lots of ideas for growth uh but uh when the pandemic hit things came to a grinding halt but as always god knows our needs in advance and he provided us with a staff who accepted and met daily challenges that we never dreamed would be facing us i remember being in florida with my cousin uh when the when the country was closed down neil had come back home to take care of some uh, home repairs and i had stayed down there uh with her as she recovered from an illness and so uh it, it the country closed down and we were uh separated for two months and during that time uh, our uh our staff uh uh, kept our church family together uh, and through worshiping uh, by the means of uh, live streaming and so we were able to continue to uh, worship together and we l- really look forward uh, to those times because it felt like that we could we were together uh, as a church family and so with the phone and the internet uh, our family kept in close contact and we even discovered zoom and sometimes we could all be together that way but and just in the past couple of weeks Neil and I have been able to return to church to to worship uh, in person again and so when I think about my dream I dream of a time when we can discard the mask we can sit close together we can hug each other and we can feel the sanctuary listen to our wonderful choir and just worship our faithful father in this dream I hope that we will all come together for the common purpose of worship and realize that while we may differ uh, in the ways that we worship or the type of music that we enjoy or the type of decor in which we worship, we come together each week with deep respect for those differences. Our church family has a wide range in age and we come from different backgrounds and different needs and different desires. My prayer is that we will all find something that meets our deepest need at some point of worship and that our community will feel welcome by the love of this church family.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was great. I appreciate you sharing with us all those things.
0: All right. Well, great thoughts that we get to uh, experience and think about this week. I hope you enjoyed that. We're going to be doing more of that in the days ahead, Um, but we would love to hear from you. Um, Are there any dreams that you have for our church? Is there some great memories that you have here? We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to know and celebrate how God worked in the past and how we hope and pray he works in the future here at Lafayette First. Um, You can contact us at the path at LafayetteFirst.life. We would encourage you to do that, or you can comment on this YouTube video or on this podcast. Uh, but until next time, I am Jason, I'm Derek, and we will see you next time as we continue down the path.